Welcome back, Rabbi Dr. Eliezer Brutt, for a new episode. We've done these in the past. When we're learning a Masechta, pick a Sefer or a character to focus on. And this time, the episode is going to be about Nazirus Shimshin, the controversy of 1513. I don't know much about it, so I'm looking forward to hearing all about it. But I got back from Eretz Yisrael last week, and I had the opportunity to visit Rabbi Dr. Eliezer Brutt's studio, where he records these episodes from. So many people weren't sure if that's a fake background, but as we were shown, this is the real deal. It's the real thing. And Rabbi Dr. Brutt doesn't only have Svarim in the studio here, he um, rents many warehouses around there to stroll to keep the rest of his Svarim in. Not many, a bit of an exaggeration, but at other places where he has Svarim as well. Um, many people have reached out offering physical help, perhaps um, psychological help, dealing you know, with your connection to your svarim. Some people suggest it's an addiction. So if you want to address that publicly, I'm giving you the floor right now. I can't deny that it's an addiction. That, that much I could say. Okay. But I'm, so, not, I'm not seeking, but I'm definitely not seeking a cure at this time. <laughs> so all the mental health professionals... We'll deal with yeah. addictions. Please stay far away. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And listen to this urine, but uh, we're not offering a cure. Um, okay. I'm assuming this will be something interesting, different than other things that we've done in the past. And just we're looking forward as well. Nazir is finishing. Saita starting. We hope to be able to put out an episode on Saita. The time of year we're recording this is right before Pesach. And hopefully we'll have something interesting related to Pesach as well. So, Rabbi Brat, as we always start with, how are you today? And take it away. Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. It's already late in the day, evening, on my end over here. Okay, so basically, I, I this is simply a topic that I stumbled upon. I have not collected upon uh, information about this ever before. Not on purpose. I was looking for Allah Lamaisa Sugi for Nazir, and I started noticing this Sugi kept on creeping up. I'm gonna, the starting point is it's relevant, and Nazir Shimshin, why, the question is if it's relevant, why don't we find anywhere in Shulchan Arach about it? Now, I, for years, I was I was aware when we say Hataras Nadaram, Erev Shashana, people talk about do you say Nazir Shimshin in it? Not saying Nazir Shimshin, could he be Mater Neder for Nazir Shimshin? And there's a lot, a lot of discussion about that, um, but we're not going to discuss that today. Now, in recent years, I've spent a lot of time, of my time, trying to attempt a mapping out the world of Halacha in Poland and Ashkenaz. Originally, I started from the Magna Vram's time, and then I started moving backwards, the Ramah, the Marshal, and even more backwards, the Roshalm Shachni, further back, Rabbi Yaakov Polak, and even further back to the Maril and his contemporaries. At the same time, there's another world that's going on in is the Svardi world, and which also relates very much to this, the Beis Yosef, author of the Shulchan Aruch. What was going on in his world before he came onto the scene, and he, uh, that he and he ends up producing his the masterpiece, the Beis Yosef, and then the Shulchan Aruch and Svarad. So I was always very curious about that. And this today is a start, a small tipa, small little start of this topic. It was a great controversy at the time, very relevant then. It helps us get a glimpse into, glimpse into that entire world, into the key players, their methods, and much more. I'm not going to go into every single aspect over here. This could take hours and hours, and all the side 
topics that are all relevant to this, just to give a small taste of it as it relates to Nazir. Now, perhaps later on, I will, a different date, maybe I'll return to uh, much more about the different people that we're going to re- mention briefly going through over here. One more introduction for this is, is as follows. Today, we take it for granted. We have many areas of halacha. When a, when a question comes up, one opens up the Shulchan Aruch, you seek out the various mafarshim, the sugyas, and we have the information about the said topic, and you reach a psak. When a new Metzias kind of question comes up, then the G'daylum have to they have to scramble, they have to understand the Metzias. Marshall, years ago when electricity was just invented, it, 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 it wasn't an open Shulchan Aruch, so there was a whole different, it's a whole different ballpark when the, how the G'daylum had to deal with it. This topic of Nazir Shimshin is very unique. Why? Nazir, as we spoke about in the earlier shir about Nazir and the introduction of Masechet, it wasn't really learned. There's come out no Rishayinam on Masechet Nazir, and it's not in Shulchan Aruch. Now, not only that, in the times of Rishonim, it seems that no one ever said, I, I'm, I'm going to be a Nazir Shimshin, even though technically he could, he could technically say, I could be a Nazir Shimshin. So, so there's no precedent in the world of Halacha. Not only that, in this period of time, 1513, there's no Shulchan Aruch. And as we know, there's no Shulchan, it's not even in Shulchan Aruch, even if it existed. So it's interesting to see when all of a sudden the topic comes up, and we'll see what the story was, um, all of a sudden the Gedolim had to come up with a solution, and they have to learn the sugyus. And basically, Nazir, Masechtis Nazir, becomes halacha lamaisa at this period of time in the 1500s. Now, what's even more interesting is, is that just, it's not like, just, after this story that we're, we'll be discussing today a little bit about, literally dozens of chuvis are written about cases of Nazir Shimshin. That people use this, it became like a standard type of sprach, in the, in an expression that people said, a, a, a shvua, if you don't do this and this and this, I'm going to take upon myself to be a Nazir Shimshin. It seems like it caused the whole, um, um, it, it, it might have been this story caused influence, it's unclear, but definitely we see in um, in tshuva literature from the world of Svarad at the time, dozens of sources about this. And if even today we cannot, we don't even know what's the story. Why? What happened? Like all of a sudden, it comes on the scene, so to speak. In Rishayim time, no one's saying it. This period of time, people are saying it, and then afterwards, it's not. It's very not common, and there's no good answer for it. But a fellow, his name is um, Shmuel. Uh, Shmuel, hold on. Let's see if I can find Shmuel Morel. I believe his name is. He has a whole article where he documents in the night in 1988. He documents a collection of, do, of of many different chuvas that talk about it. He has an article. It's called "Samson Nazarite Vow in the 16th Century," and he basically collects. He says the responsa emanating from the Ottoman lands of the 16th century give evidence of widespread use of an oath which invoked the name of Samson the Nazarite. And then he goes and collects it. Now, interestingly enough, this is 1988, so he probably started this article well before 1988. He gives Hakar to the Barilan responsa. Um, now, at that time in 1988, Barilan responsa was not in is not what it is today. For example, today I just was curious. I searched on Barilan responsa, and you get much more chuvas about it. Forget about it. If one goes on Eitzachachma, you probably can find more. But as we'll say, to, as I'm going to show today, there's even new chuvas that came out in the past few months. There are also new manuscripts from that period of time. That means the Dar of the Beis Yosef and right before, also on this controversy, and, and even talking about other cases in Nazir Shimshin. So it seems this became like a hot topic for a certain period of time, and then it dies down. Okay, now, as I always like to mention, what's the sources that I used in preparing this? So first of all, first and foremost is there was a Yid Chaim Dimitrovsky, who originally learned in Eitz Chaim, is a Yushal Yid. He, he has an interesting life story, not for now, but basically, 
anytime he wrote an article about a subject, the, the various articles he wrote, they're incredible. There's a year holding in, in Mamish in the Sugius and learning and also in the history. So one of the people that, fa- one of the Sugius that somehow caught his interest was this topic. I'd be more than happy to share it if someone emails me and wants to see this article. I'm not attempting to say over that whole article and all the information over there, but this is a incredible article sheds much light. Maybe one day we'll get to more aspects of this article. He has other articles which we'll also refer to. Another thing is this Morel article we mentioned. And um, two other people, um, contemporaries, Rabitsuki Shai Weiss, who in, his, in the journal Tsunot, which was famous in the 1990s, he had an article about this topic a little bit, and then he, he also made a major discovery relating to this, which we'll discuss, and Professor Shlomo Zalman Hevlin in various articles also did this. Um, they're printed in his certain art, in various issues of Yeshurim, and now in his volume of collective writings that's about to be released. There's also a professor of Ram David who worked a lot on this Kufa and the people over here, and he spent he has various articles about some of the people that we're going to mention today and different things. And two other sources is one, Professor Mary Benio also has valuable information as an expert of this Kufa. And last but not least, when I was just I recently was just in America and I visited um Mishnah Sarbaran um, in Lakewood, where they work on, amongst other projects, besides Rebaron Cutler of Schneider Cutler's writings, they also work on various other projects. I um, met with uh, Rabbi Tzvi Rapperg, and w- while talking to him, he mentioned the project that they're working on, about, supposedly supposed to come to print very soon. Uh, it's called the Chuvas of the Zakin Aaron Uvnei Dairai, a massive few volumes about the topic. I mentioned something that I'm about to give a sheer about Nazir Shimshin. He says, oh, this is in here. And there was, and he showed me the work, and he was kindly enough to allow me um, to see some of the work on this topic that they have in this in this material. Some new some new materials on the topic also that they also discovered in their work. Anyway, that is the the general introductions, which some people don't like, but sorry, we have to uh, say them anyway. Now, now let's get to the to let's start getting to the to the as the, to the main point. Okay, so first of all, it's not in Shulchan Aruch. So if you look in the Shach, in Simon Reish Lamates, he talks about if Naziris is Nageya, and then he says he says a funny line at the end. He says, There's a bunch of chuvas. So it sounds very interesting. Um, why is it that the Shach is telling us this? Now, the Shach, we know today, was expert in chuvas of the Svardi world, but he doesn't like talk about it, he doesn't handle it, he doesn't even mention anything about it, but he says there's a lot of chuvas. Usually, chuva literature, as a rule, although there are always exceptions to the rule, means it was nageya for, it was actual question. So you would think that the Shach and Isaac would at least have a, a comment about it. Anyway, he doesn't. The Piskei Chuva talks more about this. And the Chuva actually mentions about Hatars Nadarim, the question we said, tying this story in. Anyway, the first mention of collecting chuvas relating to the topic was uh, Erech Lechem, which today um, can be found in your standard Mechon Yerushalayim edition of Shulchan Aruch, and there's a bunch of chuvas about the topic. Um, okay, but the bottom line is, there's no discussion in Shulchan Aruch. What happened? And why? And what's this cryptic line that the Shach is referring to, that there's a bunch of chuvas and whatever? So, obviously, this continued to spark my curiosity. Now, as I mentioned already, there's no, as far as we know today, there's no mention in the times of, of, of something happening that was Nazir Shimshim was invoked, so to speak, in um, in the times of Rishayim. Now, just to fast forward, um, you might this is this seems to, this is a little further stretch 
of of this question because I'm talking specifically about Nazir Shimshik. But recently I came across and I heard this also from other people and, and I'm quoting now from a news a news site. This is current news about Lakewood in 2016. It seems a Rebbe gave a shear about Hilchus and Ziris. At the end of the lesson, two 12-year-old boys got up and declared that they accepted upon themselves the dinam of, of, of being a Nazir. He was so taken aback, he brought the attention to the Manal, local Paiskim. They, they were not yet bar mitzvah, it's a tough sugya. They was brought to Rishmuel Kamenetsky, and Rishmuel Kamenetsky issued a psak, whatever he issued. So, but this was a case of two people. Um, they didn't know what, they really didn't know what they were doing necessarily. They heard a shear about it, and it sounded exciting to them, but they were not gedolim, and they decided to be a Nazir. But this is a little different. This is Nazir Shimshin. Now, even because we're we're concluding the limit of Dafyomi right now with Masech of of um, with Nazir Shimshin, so Nazir Shimshin is a little different. We know you can't be a Nazir today, but what about um, being Nazir Shimshin? So interestingly enough, there are people today in Yerushalayim that are, um, I guess you could call it, they are they practice being Nazirim. There's one that was is a famous guy, or I think his name is of Turgeman or something like that. He prints a lot of Kisveyat uh, of Kabbalah Svarim. There's some others. Um, one of these people wrote a sefer called Nazar Elihim, a whole Arichas about Nazar Bazman Anyway, so if you look, which he sums it up based on the Gemaras, which we'll see very quickly soon, that there's a type of Naziris called Nazir Shimshin. Um, and basically, the Isurim on this Nazir is shaving and wine. But he could be he could be mace, it seems. So therefore it's possible that he could be a Nazir Shimshin. So technically, if someone said to said for whatever reason he wants to be a Nazir Shimshin, he'll be able to. Anyway, <coughs> now let's get to our story. The years that we're referring to about this controversy happens in about 1513 in Mitzrayim. But it spreads after the question was brought up and this, the story is brought up. It ends up being spread um, um, to Yerushalayim and all the neighboring lands. Different people got chuvas about it, and we'll hear some of the people involved. But first it was like this. Um, was it common? So up till now, I keep on saying that it wasn't common. Before 1513, and as I said, I quoted this guy's article, he shows then it's, it seems to be common. But interestingly enough, one of the key players in this sugya was a Yid, which we're going to hear about, Rabbi Yaakov and Chaviv. So he throws out a Lushen in his um, discussion on the Sugya, um, where he's actually talking about the 1513 story, and he sounds like <coughs> that we hear Shamati that in that, in, in Mitzrayim, he will say, So, Bekitzer, they use it sort of as a very tough threat to get whatever it is that they want. So, be that as it may, it seems to be happening in this time frame, because we don't have any stories of it happening early. Anyway, back to 1513. We have these documentations, Simcha Asaf discovered, and about some type of Dintaira. There was a guy, Rabbi Avram, seemed to be a hush of a person, and there was a Yid, Rabbi Yitzchak Shailul, and he made up as a Shvua with the threat of, if you don't listen to me, Nazir Shimshin, this whole thing, and um, seems that they wanted to be moderate afterwards. 
Now, we don't have enough, de- we don't have a lot of details about what was going on in the case. It's fragmented, the document. Dimitrovsky, in this article, he talks about it. He tries to explain a little bit what he's able to try to figure out from it. Bottom line is, the person involved was a Yid, Rabbi Yitzhak Shailov. Now, those that learned in Brisk or are familiar with the Zichr Maisha neighborhood know there's a street right over there called Yitzhak Shailov. Turns out, that he was the person that was the one who made the Shvua. Now, signing on this document was another great person, Rabbi Yaakov Beirav, the Marie Beirav. He was on the Bezdin. And we have some documents in this story. There's some documents about what was going on. And as I said, we're not going to go into this story. Um, but this is just the beginning. Fast forward a few months, it seems, and we find the same Rabbi Yitzchak swearing yet again with another Shimshin. And we're going to see more what that swearing was, what that story was in a second. Now, and then, all of a sudden, whatever happened, uh, I, I guess he made up a Seshvua, which we'll see what it was about, and then it didn't work out, so he wanted, they needed to find a way to be moderate, that he shouldn't end up being a, a Nazir Shimshin. So, uh, so, they needed to seek a solution, and that's what ended up happening, that the, this was discussed by various Gedalim. It seems some people were pro the solution that was discovered, others were not. And that's what um, part of the rest of this presentation is going to be about. Basically, like this: we um, let's start a second with a back with a, a drop of background. We have this yid. His name is Rabbi Tzuk Shailo. So yes, in Eretz Yisrael, they name streets after all different types of people. Anyone familiar with the streets in Eretz Yisrael? But it turns out this Rabbi Tzuk Shailo was a tremendous, tremendous Adam God. Now I'm just again. We could spend a, a, at least an hour talking about this Rabbi Tzuk Shailo, but to understand in plain, simple English is. There are times in history that at that time in history, there's a key player. This Yid, Rabbi Yitzhak was a key player in everything going on in Mitzrayim and Yerushalayim, in the Torah world, everything. He was a Dayan, and he was seemed to be also a rich person. He, was, he literally was involved with everything. Let me say, not just that he was a, a Askin, so to speak, he was also a learned Askin. He ran a Bezdin, he ended up supporting yeshivas. And just to see from someone in that period of time that saw him, Lechaira, who, vis- who was from Italy, that was visit. his name was Ramesha Basilo, who visited Eretz Yisrael in this period of time, he describes, he says like this, One of the prominent men in Jerusalem, the foremost, is the Nugget, our honorable teacher, I'm reading an English translation of the Hebrew, our honorable teacher, Reb Isaac Shalom, who is crowned with the crown of the Torah and the crown of the priesthood and the crown of royalty and wealth, and above all, crown of reputation due to the overwhelming amount of charity he donates to the poor and to the students in the rabbinical academy. Basically, he was a Mayurdika person, Mepharnas Torah, um, on high levels. And this is this is description actually is written after this controversy, a little later than 1513. But even already in those years, it's known he was the man and he was a very, very prominent person. Now, and we know a lot about him. Um, now, just to mention one other Nakuda about him, just to see, is the base Yosef, Rabbi Yosef Cairo, in Arachayim, has a quote and the, um, where he's talking about Kriyashma, saying Hashem Alekechem Emes, if you say it again or not. And he brings down that there's a, that there's a piece in the Sefer Aplia that says as follows. The Shliach Tzibur says, Ani Hashem Alekechem, again, um, at the end of Kriyashma. Um, and then he says as follows: Someone was noyig like to say for plia. The garboy hanogid hagado Reb Yitzchak Akayin Zal. He's referring to who? This Reb Yitzchak Shailo. Umayri harava gado Marie Yaakov Beirav. 
the Marie Beirav, who we also just mentioned. The Chol G'dayli Hadar Nimtzum Beisahi, and other G'daylim from that time, Garaboy Harav Agadar Abel Yimazrachi, which we're also going to hear about in a second. In a second. The Chol G'dayli Hadar B'mishoy Yinayik. So we see here how the Beis Yosef is referring to him as the Nugget Hagadol. We see also a, a count of this Ramayisha Baslo. He was a big, he was a big person. And from the Chuvis on this topic, it says clearly he was a Talmud Chacham. Now, um, who gets involved right away in the beginning? So there's a the we as he said. So he he the Maribe Rav, who turns out is involved. He's in he's in Mitzrayim at the time. He writes a tshuva where he says it's not a problem. There's a shimshin. He doesn't have to worry about it. Who else writes a tshuva about it? So it turns out it's sent to the Mizrahi, one of the great gedolim at the time. Somehow the countries of the heter the Mizrahi disagrees with the heter. At the same time, the tshuva gets to Rabbi Yaakov Beirav. It was a contrast that there was a heter, and this controversy gets to Rabbi Yaakov Beirav. He disagrees. He also says it's Asr Gama. Other people that throw in their two cents, Mary Beirav uh, eventually is the Maral Bach, the Mabit, and others. And whatever was came out in this in this sugya, the two approaches that came out amongst the Gedolim, sort of sets the precedent in many of the chuvas for um, that, as I said, this document of dozens of chuvas about the sugya. Anyway, this Rabbi Yitzhak, he dies in fifteen twenty four, and um, there's a lot of articles about him. There's a there's a one of the Hillel's Rabbi Yaakov Hillel's sons wrote a massive article about him in the Kapziel. This of Ram David I mentioned earlier. We have Takanas of his in Yushalayim. Some of them are collected by this Bas- ba- this Maisha Basel in his back of his travels. He has a different Takanas that were who made them. They were hung up in the shuls. Different different Hanhagas Akihila from this him from this person. Also, Zivir Frumkin who wrote a lot about Yushalayim talks about him. Also, great Makiris um, about him. Okay, fine. So, but kids, the point of the point of the story is that this. Yid was not Amaretz, and he said such a thing that he was with Nazir Shipshim. But what happened? What was the story that I that I'm avoiding to say um, um, so far that there was he said something about Nazir Shipshim? It seems so. In certain chuvas, when you this is always what's always very interesting about chuva literature. A lot of times, one opens up a chuva and you see a story, and then, and you can tell that there's much more to the story, and you're curious, and then you just see the chuva that the person writes. Then all of a sudden, sometimes, somehow, documents come to light and it sheds light in the whole story and then everything starts making sense. This is one such topic. Lomashal, <coughs> in the Mizrahi, we find, in the Tshuva where he's talking about this thing, he says like this, Ma'isa Shaneda Ruvein, V'amar Hareini Nazir, Shimshin, I'm going to be a Nazir Shimshin, Im Shimon Dain, he basically didn't want Shimon to be the Dain. So he says, if Shimon's going to end up being the Dain on this um, Bezdin, I'm accepting myself a Nazir Shimshin. V'aisei Ruvein Nagid, he was a powerful person. And he has the power to stop him from being a Dain. But then it turns out what happened. There was no one else to take over to be a proper Dain, only this Shimon. So this Ruvein was stuck. And he needed to allow the, he needed Shimon to be the Dayan. so his he's he's stuck because he said he was trying to show very strongly that he's not interested in him becoming the Dayan and he's going to be another Shimshin if he is, and all of a sudden he's stuck. He needs him to go be a Dayan in this Bezdin. It sounds like a very strange story. Why is he using such lashiness? And like you know, it's as I said, where is it coming from? And there's no good answer. Why it turns out who is this person? It's Rabbi Yitzchak Shailu, the Nugget of Mitzrayim, it was a Bezdin, and for some reason, something got, he got upset about something, and he did not want Pliny, who in this chuva doesn't say his name, who is, he doesn't want this person to be a dying. 
But then it turns out they can't find a, a proper Royd Gadol to be the head of this Bezdin. So they're stuck. So now he's stuck with, he's, he's going to be another Shimshin. So they need to find a way that they can, A, have the Dayan that they want. That originally he didn't want, the Nugget didn't want to be on the Bezdin. And is there a way that he's not going to be another Shimshin? That's the story, and that's what they have to find the thing. Okay, now, turns out who's the who's the Dayan that um, that he doesn't, that this Rebbe Yitzchak doesn't want. Turns out it's the Mari Beirav. What? Now, who's the first person who writes the Heter? Why? Rabbi Yitzchak does not have to worry about being another Shimshin. The Mari Beirav. Fascinating thing. What's going on over here? It seems now, from all that we know, and the Mitrovsky is an expert on Mari Beirav. He's written a ton about it. Mari Beirav is one of the Gedolei Olam at the time already. He's younger at this time. In a moment, I'm going to give a description about him. But the Marie Beirav says it's not a problem. Kinira, we don't know why. There was some type of fight that they had and that triggered Rabbi Yitzhak got upset. But right afterwards, not because they found him the Heter Chas Shalom, but basically they become Shalom. Not only does he become Shalom, the end of the story ends up being that because of this, he opens up a yeshiva in Yerushalayim and it has a Mayurdic effect, um, um, Dimitrovsky document. So clearly they became great friends again. But something was upset. He was upset at him. So he said he wanted to show his Kayach, um, his, and he used a very strong Lashon and Shvua. And he didn't want, he basically didn't want Rabbi Yaakov, the Marie Beirav, to be a dying anymore. But then they realized there's no one to replace the Marie Beirav. Now you have to understand something. We have to back up a little. Who's the Marie Beirav? Just to clarify for a second, I know you're building up the story. No, Abderab, if I messed up already, it's better now. <laughs> now, this story that the Rabbi Yitzchak Shailal says, I don't want the Marie Beirav to be a dying on, that wasn't a Nazar Shimshin story. That's what was causing him to become a Nazar Shimshin? Right, exactly. Yes, so it is important what you just said. It basically is, Rabbi Yitzchak Shailal is so upset, so he says, I'm going to be, he's making a shul, I'm going to be, I have to become a Nazar Shimshin if you don't listen to me. He's trying to use his power. And whoever the dying is, and the truth doesn't say that it's the Marie Beirav, now we know it's the Marie Beirav. That's incredible. So just clarifying the story they had a fight about and ended up causing the Yitzchak to become a Nazar Shimshin was not only to be a dying on a certain case. And therefore, it's not a certain case. It's not, it's not even a certain case. It sounds like what's based, sorry, again, it's very important that you're pointing this out. Basically like this, Murray Ray Rav, it seems, what we know today was the dying on the Besden. Okay? And he was one of the G'dayim of the time, about to talk about it in a second. Now, yeah. something triggered that they got into a fight. So now that they're in a fight, we have to, so so he wants him off the Besden. And he wants a replacement, a new Av Besden, let's say. So he was trying to show how much he's serious about it. I want to be another, I'm going to be another Shimshin, etc., etc. Now, then they can't find anyone as good as the Marie Beirav. So now he needs him back. So he needs him back. So it's like Shailu if he needs him back. But then he's going to have to be another Shimshin. Unless someone could find the head of another Shimshin. Who finds the head there? The guy that's thrown off the best, the, the Marie Beirav. The cute thing. Anyway, this is all. Um, um, now, let's backtrack for a minute. Who is the Marie Beirav? So, again, the Marie Beirav is a person worthy of a, of a massive arichos, one of the G'dayli of the time. Just understand, the base Yosef and the Mabit, the two G'dayli of the next generation, even after they're already G'dayli, means say they're big people, they learned by other people, the person that they both refer to as their main Rebbe or one of the people that influenced them is the Marie Beirav. 
in the famous controversy, which Amir Tzashem one day maybe we'll speak about, the, called the, known as the Smicha controversy, the Mari Beirav is, is involved over here, and he wants to give Smicha to someone's Talmidim. Who are those Talmidim? The Talmidim are the Mabit and the Beis Yosef. So he's one of the superstar G'daylam of that time. He ends up having yeshiva after this, this story. He ends up opening yeshiva in Yishalayim, going back to Mitzrayim, back, back and forth. Anyway, eventually he opens up a yeshiva in Tzfas. That's where the Beis Yosef, as already a, a, a tremendous Tamil Chacham himself, goes to be in the spell from him. And the Mabit also, we're talking about the joy, they're already big people, and they go, we're not talking about young Bachrim that went to sit at his feet to learn by him. We're talking about when they were already something. Anyway, Dimitrovsky documents this very well in his article about the Hashivas of the Murray Beirav, but we're not going to go into that right now. Anyway, um, the point is that, uh, okay, so it's, but what, what is clear is that although there was some type of fight, which we don't know what happened, but basically um, he ends up, needs him back to be the dying, and that's the story why he has to get this thing. So they have to find the Heter. Um now, they find the Heter. As I said, the Maribi Rav comes up with a Heter, but not everyone agrees with it, starting with the Mizrahi, and as it seems, the waves that are made, many people were not pro-it. Okay. Lamaisa, as I said, he goes to Yushalayim, and eventually to Tzvas. That's the, story, that's the end of the story as far as the Maribi Rav <coughs> the Saif Yam of the, the, the Maribi Rav. Okay, but now, now let's just get very briefly what happens over here. So, um, basically, it sounds like this made a major tumult from the way the Mizrahi refers to it. And they brought up, they brought the Gemaras in Nazir, and there was a big tumult, how to learn the sugyas properly. And different sugyas of Nazir all of a sudden become relevant. <coughs> now, how do we know what I'm saying, that this, or Dimitrovsky's claiming that the Maria Rav is this person? We know this from various things, but as even the Chuva literature, as the different Chuva literature comes out, the Maral Bach, who's the son of one of the Bar Pluktas of the people that was against the Heta that was found, he says, my father wrote a Kuntras, and it was who, what was going on, it was against this Kuntras. But it doesn't say that it was him. So it turns out that the Maria Rav wrote a Rambam in the Zeris, and there he says it's clear it's him. And there's other ways how we know this. We're not going to get into the nitty-gritty. Okay. Now, what happened over here? What was the makam for the heter that the rabbanim that were pro-it or against it about it? So let's just do this very briefly. It seems that a heter could have been, which relates to Stam in the sugya of Pesachnus Nadarim, which we spoke about, called Nidre. That really there's a Gemara Nadarim, which is really the earlier origin of of being Mater Neder. So it sounds like from a Radvaz in a different Tshuva, which also happens to deal with Tshuvas of Nazir Shemshin. And you have to understand, the Radvaz is also in this Kufa. He has a few Tshuvas about Nazir Shemshin, but this is he's also a younger, you say he's not as old as the Mari Rav and Rabbi Yaakov Chaviv. He's a little younger, but he also knows about this, about this story, and he also possibly offers his opinion on this topic, which we'll see shortly. So in a different truth, the Rabbaz was, it seems that someone came up, a threat of, to his wife, and he said, basically, I'm going to be in uh, Nazir Shimshin, getting divorced, the whole tumult, and he throws in the sugyas of Rosh Hashanah, of that, of that Gemara, that maybe, that's if you... Um, that we know t- that you make a Tanai or Rosh Hashanah, all the Nadarim that I'm going to say this future year is not going to be Makoyim. So maybe that will help for this thing. So maybe Ritzach Shailul, he didn't remember 
he could use that Gemara and say a, a much more a much more original Tully in the whole Sugi of Nadarim. But Lamaisa, this is not what's brought up over here at all. What is brought up? So if you turn to the if one turns, I'm I'm not going to go through everything about this right now. It's um. It's very complex, but I do recommend as follows. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say it in, in Mamish Rashi Rashi Prakim in, in in three or four minutes the whole story, and you'll see what I what I'm trying to do here. It's as follows. We have a Gemara. We have a Mishnah. It's th- everything starts from a Mishnah. And a lot of times when you learn this Mishnah, if you ask anyone what's a Nazir Shimshin, they tell you, Oh, uh, Mishnah, Daftalid, and and in Nazir. And the Mishnah basically says, Hareini, Hareini I'm like Shimshin. Then it says, Kiben Manoyach, Kibal Dlila, Kamisha Akar Dalsis Aza, Kamisha Neker Plishtim, as Ainav Hareza Nazar Shimshin. So it says a bunch of things. If you say that, you're Nazar Shimshin. So the question is, what does someone have to say? If someone says, I'm a Nazar Shimshin, is that enough? Or does he have to be specific? Why? Because he could say, I'm Nazar Shimshin. Why do you think I'm talking about the story in Tanakh of the Nazar Shimshin, the famous Shimshin who was a Nazar? Maybe it's something else. So it has to be specific. And it's a Tomo Nifla in the Gemara. How do you understand this Gemara? Um, um, in the Rishayim, whatever Mepharshim we have. And what's fascinating is, when you're looking at these Chuvis, they're talking. They have the stuff that we have today. They had it then, mostly in manuscript. They have the rush, which we have today in the Shining Kumbetsis, and this is before the Shining Kumbetsis. They have some of the people calling Rashi on the side, which we discuss is not Rashi. They're calling him Rashi. Others are calling him the Mefarish. They have uh, Rabbeinu Baruch. They have a, a anonymous parish called Kedushin Nazir. And they're all, they're trying to, they're struggling. They, we're, we're talking about that Rabbi Yitzhak Shailu might end up having to be a Nazir Shimshin because of this if we don't come up with an Eitzah for him. So we're struggling. Well, they're looking everywhere. How does one understand this Gemara? Is the Gemara saying that you need a, that if someone says it's not enough, he, he could say like this. He could say he's Kishimsha, he's a Nazir Kishimshin Ken Ben Manayach. And then he just has to add one of these things. He could either say Baldalila, or he could say Shakadalsis, or he could say Nakaplishtim, because all three of these things were different things that automatically someone will know he's referring to Shimshin in Tanakh, who was a Nazir Shimshin. Anyway, um, this is Rabbi Zrio, and they and they and they had all this. So, the first person who writes about it is the Marie is the is um, Marie Beirav, as I said, and he comes up with a heter. Now, you have to understand this heter is incredible. One sees his originality. He's stuck. He has the Gemaras. He's learning Gemaras, and there's nothing. There's no, and he uses a few sugyas and a few other things, and he basically he comes up that it's mutter. That it's not Nazar Shimshin, because he, he's cause, why? Because he's not because he didn't use all the lashonis of this Mishnah, which is not so simple. That's obviously what everyone's talked about. Now, one of the problems which we mentioned is there's very there's almost nothing on Nazir. What is there out there on Masechus Nazir? There's a Rambam and basically the Sman. So that comes a key thing. You open up the Rambam, cryptic Nifla had to understand the Rambam. So their handling had to understand the Rambam. So he comes up with a whole shot. Is this seems to be a steer in the Rambam? Mamish like the Yeshiva Shailim today. You have a Rambam, a steer. Comes up with a whole creative Mahalach how to do it. And it comes Halacha He paskins that Rabbi Yitzhak Shailu is not a Nazir Shimshin. Great. Okay. Problem is that not everyone agreed with him already then. It gets out to the Mizrahi. The Mizrahi writes a 10, 12 page tshuva. Incredible to see because a lot of times when you read a tshuva sefer, what happens is like this. You're learning a sefer, and you don't know the other sugyas. They could whip out a sugya from Timbuktu and another sugya from Timbuktu, because these were talking about the giants of the time. Here, it's all here. It's Nazir, Nadarim. You don't have to know anything else. Not, you don't have to know Klolim from anywhere. 
you learn the sugyas, you just learn tafiyah minudar Nazir. It's amazing, Chazar, to see crystal clear. Their language is easy to understand. I would love to spend the time to go through each thing. This would take hours. Anyway, Rabbi Akhil Chagiv, in a Bakavdik Eifin, very sharp, says, what are you talking about? And in the in what's fascinating, um, obviously, one of the things that I find fascinating, who is Rabbi Akhil Chagiv? So you have to understand, Rabbi Akhil Chagiv is famous for being the author of the Ein Yantiv. He's older than the Maribe Rav, also tremendous god at the time. All these people, a lot of them were survivors of the Dar Gerish, of the Gerish Svar. They're the Gerish Svar. They were the people thrown out. They're, and their stories are, each one is more interesting than the next. Rabbi ben Chaviv has a son, the Maral Bach, also a key player in this sugi also. He's the famous Leichem with the Maribe Rav and the Smicha controversy. So now, and he gets involved in this topic. So we have Rabbi Yaakov Chaviv writes a massive tshuva, he says, it came to me, the story, and he writes that it's pashat, terrible, it's not a heter. There's no heter under the sun. Um, and interestingly enough, what does he say? I'm looking, he's tracking down Svarim, they're looking, they're looking to see, maybe we could find the Limitzchos, and he's getting um, a few copies of the smag to make sure the Lashon is correct, and he's getting manuscripts of the Gemara, and he's trying to find the Rambam's Perish, and it's interesting, the Rambam's Perish, here, the Rambam doesn't say anything in Perish Mishnayis, which would maybe help. And then he says he luckily got a Perish from Rabbeinu Peretz Akayin, and he uses that. And then he, the, each thing it, to, uh, obviously is, is more fascinating than next to someone like me. And even though there's no Svarim, then he says, at one point, I get a Gemara, Ksuvis Miklaf Mizman Kadmoin, and in this Gemara is Masechnes Nazir. And it says, because he's trying, they're basically trying to figure out every single thing, because there's a deal. And if you open up your Gemara over here, you'll see right away, you, you struggle how to read the Gersus, is what's going on in the, in the story. And you see right away the Rishayim that they had, that these Paiskim had. Anyway, he turns up with the Rambam, and he has a very interesting Mahal to explain how the Rambam is not how the Marie Beirav came out, and it's not, it's a problem, it's a very big problem. Now, we don't know, as much as we know that a lot of people wrote about this topic, we don't know what was Rabbi Tzachshayl's reaction and what was the reaction when all of a sudden opposition came in. Mizrahi's against it, Rabbi Yaakov ben Chaviv is against it. The, for example, the material of Rabbi Chaviv is only printed in the 1990s. So, but we know then that they knew about it. How do we know? Because the different Gedalim quoted. Anyway, just to throw out there, if one learns the Lamashal and the Sugis in the Dharam and the the Karen Ayyadarach Mesha, the Taisis Yantif handling it, they're all struggling with this thing. Interestingly enough, there's a fascinating Me'iri, has a whole different Mahalach in this Gemara. Now, what's interesting is that the Tziv uses the Me'iri over here. Contrary, this is throwing to tying into Arab Chaim Kanyeski Shiram. The Arsameh says, what do you mean? He doesn't even understand why anyone, what's anyone talking about. There's a, a Pashra Rai from Yerushalmi that he's a Nazir. And if you look into the Tesefta, the Tesefta says the same as the Yerushalmi. Interestingly enough, I did not find in the Chuvas that are talking about Tesefta Yerushalmi. And we know they, they weren't so Isaac. Many of the people, at least in that period of time, were not so Isaac in Tesefta Yerushalmi. They barely had copies of it. Anyway, bottom line is that these were the two great Kedalim. Um, so it was basically a big Machlaikis. Just to finish up over here, it's as follows. Um, okay, second. Okay, the Mabit was also, as I said, Talmud Amari Beirav. So the Mabit, he has... Um, 
he has a shayla. Someone basically was a nazir. He came to Eretz Yisrael because he he figured he can't be a nazir elsewhere, and he wants up as a heter. So again, this Rambam somehow comes into he was being a nazir shimshin. And it seems that they were trying to find somehow a heter. The Mabit, I think, does end up coming up with a heter. Kinere, he's going based on the Mahalach of who? The Mari Rav, who we said is his Rebbe. Okay. The Maral Bach talks about a Yid, the Maral Bach, who his father is, Rabbi Yaakov ben Chaviv, who's against the heter. Lamaisa, there was, seems there was someone that was neither Nazir Shemshin, and he did not say Shemshin ben Manayach. And he said Shemshin. He just said Shemshin Levad. And he doesn't know about the whole Chumrah of Nazir Shimshin. He just thought it's like a Stam Shavuah Ba'alma, which is clear what happened, that once it became like a catchphrase, a lot of the people didn't know what they were saying. So anyway, here he says it could be, it's not a problem, because the guy Pasha didn't know what he was saying. Okay, that's great. But that was that story. Anyway, turns out um, many more G'daylam get involved. Reb Yosef Taichik, who is he? So he was someone, the Magen Meisharm and the Beis Yosef, the Beis Yosef refers to him very highly. Just this week, Ahava Shalom just put out a beautiful edition, including new manuscripts of the Magen Meisharm, and you can see in there how he's referred to by the Malach of the Beis Yosef. Anyway, uh, Mayor Benio has collected some of his materials, and recently even more stuff of his have been attributed to him, somewhat wrongly, some rightfully, and he's a key player. He also has a chuva about it. He learns Bechavrusa with the Maral Bach, so you can imagine which side he might end up taking. Now, um, okay, just this a few months ago, a work came out from the Stolen Rebbe's Library, Reb Shleim Baruch, also from this Kufa, Ben Daira of the Beis Yosef and everything. He has at least two chuvas about it, where he also talked. Is this all taking place at the time of the discussion? This is not a discussion, a, a Talmudic discussion later on, right? These, whatever you're saying, Kulna was happening right, at the time. Yeah. Excellent point, very important point. Reb Yosef Taichik is at the same time. And the stone, the stone, the this Baruch is a drop later. It's but, but it's the impact of what was happening. He saw the psak of Rabbi Yosef Taichik, and he's reacting to that. And then he, the next tshuva in his sefer, he also was asked about a shayla of nazir shimshim. So you see, it, it it's on one hand they're dealing with the the actual thing. Rabbi Yosef Taichik Lamashal is dealing with the same story with the Mari Rav verse um, the. Um, the Marie Beira verse Rabbi Yaakov and Chaviv, but some of them it's the outcome of it. I'm just not giving the exact dates for everyone. Okay, now and just to it's conclude, part of your story, going to discuss how Rabbi Tzachel himself um, accepted or what he did. So I I, I don't know. It's it's a, it's fascinating. We know so much, and we know so much about what did he say about the psak? What we do know is that he that he ends up remaining a keeper. We don't know that he's a nazir, so I guess that they, he went with the psak of. Uh, that it's a that it's hetter, and it's clear from the chuvas that they know that he's a tremendous tamachacham and a Also, they throw out these lashonis there. Anyway, there's a chuva from the Radvaz. So this chuva, so again, the Radvaz wrote prolific and he had arichas yamim. And the Radvaz is his his period of time is also this time period. Um, now he writes a chuva, but it's not clear if it's him. They found the chuva, so Rabbi Yitzchak Weiss is convinced it's the Radvaz. Professor Hevlin and others, they're convinced it's another year from this time, but the bottom line is they try to do computer identification, which is ways of how to um, identify based on um, very sophisticated computer technology, but they're, they're not able to confirm. But bottom line is it's one of these Hashem Anyway, fine. Um, one last uh, one last new Mar Makam about it, and then we'll conclude. 
is Azai. There's a, another Tshuva Sefer, it also came out this year, Reb David ben Shushan. And this seems to be also the time of Es Yosef. Another manuscript. This guy has a, ma- this God has a massive Tshuva on the Sugev Nazar Shimshim. He starts out his Tshuva. Some brought up uh, a whole story to him about a whole case in Nazar Shimshim. It seems to be a whole fight. Um, two pa- a whole page about what the fight was. But then he starts, he goes like this. He says, He says, so it's interesting. He's referring to about the story everyone knows about. He says like this. So it seems like basically the Chachamim of Mitzrayim agreed with the Mary Beirav, and the Stama, I would guess, the Ritzak Shail went up here. I'm not going to be mad with them. Then he says like this. And then he talks about which I just quoted, which is a whole deal if that's the Revas. Now, the, the last idea of this thing, this Rebbe Avram Yerushalmi, also Ben Dair of the Beis Yosef, he says like this. He's asked the Shaila about Nazar Shemshin. You got to hear his quote. He says like this. He named me Leflim. Previously, Kasafti Kama Chuvais Bedavarze. Vairati Heter Lanoshim Rabim. Shaitzi Nidram Beloshin Zemishun Daveloshin Shruben Eder Doloy Mahalin the Daskam Gadolim Vaidati Sheshna Smoichalim. And he gave a whole Heter. Basically, I'm, I'm, I'm not interested anymore. I've been giving a term about this Sugya. I mean, to say that it came up so many times. So so this is also another manuscript that was discovered. So the, it's not only that there's manuscripts that were, that exist and everything, they're constantly finding more how far this concept was. Anyway, I don't know what it is, but they say there's some type of thing, sometimes an expression creeps in for whatever the expression is, and then everyone starts using it. And it's clear from the different people that are using it that that they a lot of them they had no clue what in the world they, they were saying? I'm just going to find one other quote and then conclude. If I can find the quote, hold on. Oh, lucky I cannot. Um, okay, so just to conclude as follows, um, I can't find the, that last quote, so we'll have to live without it. Um, hold on, let me just find this. Basically, what what we cut what the mascana is like this. All of a sudden. Something that didn't happen in the time of Zerushayim was never no precedent. Somehow in the 1500s, it becomes precedent. And then I, originally, I was going to say that maybe Ritzak Shaila, once he did it and it got so much, um, the Amaratsim started using that Lushan in their in their speech without having any idea what they were doing. You say the case perhaps became so famous. <coughs> Everyone was tumbling about it. So the Rabbanim were tumbling about it. They were tumbling the Sugis and the Nazir and the Darab. The Amaratsim, they had no idea. They knew maybe what Nazar Shimshin is, so they started using it as a sprach because they saw that it, it, it could possibly be taken, whatever, and there were certain things that were us. So they used it as a sort of a threat. Anyway, you see from this what something, a theme that comes out when you learn Mesechnas Nadarim and Mesechnas Nazir, the Kayach of the Dibur, how Chazal analyzed everything. When someone said something, you had to mean what you said, and then they would analyze it to death. And and this is what the sugis are. A guy says something. What does he mean? And this is what happened over here. Rabbi Yisrael said something, and then it was analyzed what it meant. And Lamaisa, it's it's born dozens of chuvis about it. Um, and this is again one more famous thing of this Rabbi Yisrael that's out there. Okay, that's it. Okay, thank you very much um, for this wonderful presentation. Perhaps we could get something on Rabbi Yisrael himself.
one day and all the other characters that you mentioned in this episode. So looking forward to the upcoming episodes on Saita and Kesha Lilio. Again, we always are open to sponsorships for these episodes and other topics are available as well. Please be in touch with myself and or Rabbi Dr. Eliezer Brutt. And of course, you can be in touch with him with comments, suggestions, and some of the PDF materials that he mentioned.